We will continue along the lines of uh, the series Suffer to Reign. Suffer to Reign. I told you guys um, when we started to teach the kingdom, the four pillars of this ministry is relationship, kingdom, um, what's, th what's the third one? Relationship, kingdom, church, and ministry. All right, the purpose of Divine Generation Church is what? Revealing the Father. This is the movement we're in. We're here to reveal the truest intentions of God as a father. He's not interested in being your God. He was God before he created the planets. He was God before he said, let there be light. He's not interested in being your God. He's God already by himself. He was God before he created man. So he's not interested in being your God. He is God. His interest in you is he wants to be your father. He wants to be your father. He wants to parent you. He wants to raise you. How many of y'all know he predestined you? How many of y'all know sitting right here, right now, you have a predestined purpose? It was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. You got to tap into it, but the only way to tap into it is through the relationship. All right, and I... Um, the first two years of this ministry, we're going we're in about two and a half years old. The first two and a, two years of this ministry, we taught strictly about the relationship, about the father. We taught about sonship, about the orphan spirit. So you can have identity. Identity is what destroys the devil. When he came to Jesus in the garden, he said, if you be the son of God. He didn't say if you be a prayer warrior. He didn't say if you be an intercessor. He didn't say if you be a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher. He said, if you be the son of God, we're going to need some proof. So he, Satan comes to destroy this relationship. He does not care about your gifting. He does not care about your talent, your ability. He does not care about your status, your bank account. He don't care about none of that. Only thing he does not want you to do is see yourself as a child of God. And so the first two years, we just talked strictly about the relationship. Now we're into the kingdom. All right. And then the kingdom is where we grow up. It's where we grow up. It's where we get our assignments. It's where we learn how to be chastised. The Bible says that that chastisement will produce a righteous fruit. He said it don't feel good. It don't feel good. But when he's all said and done, he said it will yield a righteous fruit, which means you will be able to walk through doors. You will be able to do the things that he called you to do. Okay, dealing with the kingdom, it deals with responsibility. I know that I'm a child, but you also need to know you have a responsibility in his kingdom. You have an assignment. You are citizens of heaven, which means as a citizen, you have a duty. You have a responsibility. There's rules and regulations. There's laws to this life. And we got to grow from a nepios, which is an infant, to a weos, which is a fully mature child of God. This is his desire. So in this series, Suffer to Reign, this is teaching that grows us up. It lets us know that, yeah, you're going to suffer, but along the path, the Father expects you to stay on the path and do his will. Amen. So the, the, the series is, once again, Suffer to Reign. Um, our title scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. And it reads, it says, if we, we shall, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. We want to reign, we want to rule, we want to dominate, we want to be kings, we want to be blessed, amen? We want the power, the anointing, the authority, but we don't want to suffer. And religion has taught us that suffering means that we've been disobedient. Anything I go through, I must have did something wrong to be going through this, and that is not the case, and you're going to see it on today. All right, the title of the teaching on today is Suffering Saul. Amen. The Suffering of Saul. We're going to talk about Paul today. And 
And it's okay to talk about Jesus, but when you talk about someone who didn't come from heaven, it's different. Okay, we could talk about Jesus suffering, going to the cross, enduring, but when we get to choose somebody from the scriptures who didn't come from heaven, who didn't know the Father, who came from a lifestyle that was nefarious, a lifestyle where he opposed the kingdom, to finally align himself with the kingdom and do the Father's will. He had to suffer through this. Paul had to suffer, Saul had to suffer to become Paul. We look at the scriptures a lot of times, and when we look at the scriptures, you'll see something happen in the ninth chapter, and then by the time you get to the twelfth chapter, you don't think about the timeline of it. That's why the Bible says you have to study. In studying, sometimes you have to whip out some timelines, some charts. You need to know, okay, what was the time that this happened? In the time in which Saul was converted on the road to Damascus to the time that he actually became Paul and was called Paul, it was 15 years. It took Saul 15 years to become Paul. It's going to take you some time. The Bible said that although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Now, it's important that it's taught like this because, like I tell you all the time, is I didn't start growing up until I found out I was a child of God. I was in church for years. When I tell you, not two, more like 10 plus, before I actually found out that, hold on, I'm a child of God. Why don't I see the scriptures like a child? Why don't I hear like a child? Why don't I see like a child? Because it wasn't revealed to me like a child. It was revealed to me as if I was just a servant, as I was just his slave. And that I had to do right, do good, and if I did, he would let me come into heaven. And that was what kept me coming to church because I didn't want to miss church because I didn't want to miss heaven. They used to tell us, okay, miss church and the rapture come. Stop playing like y'all didn't hear that. <laughs> miss church and the rapture come. You won't make it. But then you learn the truth. And what you have to do is, I, I, tell, I told my wife, I said, a lot of things that happen in this ministry, I totally understand because when you're taught in a religious manner and then you break free from the religion, it's a comfort level when you know that, okay, I can miss church and don't come and ain't going to hell. But now you need to learn how to press through and do what the Father called you to do because we can't always associate his voice with blessings. You don't want to always do that. You don't want to always associate his his voice with blessings, like he would never put anything on you. When the Bible says he would never put more on you than you can bear. So we're going to talk about Paul today. Uh, I'm a, in the story of Paul some, or Saul, some of you already know that Saul was converted on the road to Damascus. Paul had letters. Paul was crucifying Christians. And then the Lord met him on the road to Damascus, knocked him off his horse, okay, blinded him, and asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He hadn't touched Jesus, but he touched his body. Okay? And he told Saul, it's hard to kick against the pricks. Now, what he was telling him was because Saul thought that he was actually doing the work of God. Paul was a chief Pharisee. He thought he was doing the work of the Lord by killing Christians. And so Paul was blinded, and that's what we pick up in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. It says, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. Verse 11, it says, get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Verse 13. Now, this is a conflict with Ananias. 
Okay, uh, Lord Ananias answered. He said, I have heard from many people about this man, how much he harmed, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Verse 14, and he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for this man is my chosen instrument. Hmm. So he was killing, he went from killing Christians to being a chosen instrument. How many of y'all that bad? Yeah, anybody here killed no Christians? Probably with your mouth, but we talking about <laughs> probably with your attitude. He said, but go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. So Ananias is in a conflict right here because Ananias knows Saul. He knows what Saul does. He knows what Saul's capabilities is. And at the same time, Saul is in a predicament because he's blind and he needs somebody to come lay hands on him because he has got a vision from the Lord that somebody's going to come lay hands on him and he's going to regain his sight. Now imagine if everybody was scared and nobody would touch him. Now this is a form of suffering that the Father can send you to minister to something. To, what if God sent you, sent you to minister to Hitler? This is my chosen vessel that I want to use. Would you go? Or would his actions prevent you from going? This is a hard thing to do. When you know somebody's against the church, somebody's against the God, against God, somebody's in witchcraft, somebody's a wizard, a warlock, and they want to come out that life, but they've done so much damage that you're like, you sure you want me to come and pray for them? You sure you want me to lay hands on them? You sure you want me to bless them? Hmm. Verse 16, he said, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I will show him how much he will suffer for my name. So Paul's first call, <laughs> it ain't to preach. It ain't to teach. It ain't to prophesy. He wasn't singing in the choir. His first call from the Father is to suffer for his name, is to take his name and spread it to the Gentiles, to the kings, and to Israelites. And the problem with this situation is, is that Paul is against everything that the Father is asking him to do now. And now Paul has to stand flat-footed and preach looking like a hypocrite. He has to stand and speak to Pharisees, to Sadducees, the same people he was rubbing elbows with. He now has to stand in their presence and proclaim that what we were saying was wrong. And what I'm about to tell y'all now is right. Ananias laid his hands on him, the scales fall from his eyes, and the next five years of Paul's ministry, he spent running from the Jews. He spent running from the Pharisees, hiding out. It got to the point where they even had to lower him in, a, they had to carry him in a basket. Now, all of this is going to change because when you first get saved, you don't have that boldness. You, ain't, you didn't say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and now you got an appetite where you're ready to die for the gospel. You ain't even ready to be insulted. <laughs> you don't even want to be rebuked. We have to grow in this thing. That's why the Bible has called the, the, the leaders and, the, and the, the ministers of the gospel to labor with people until. Y'all want to finish it for me? We labor with people until Christ is formed in him. This is how it looks. Ananias and the other disciples have to labor with him until Christ was formed in him. Okay, when you read these scriptures, when, especially uh, the epistles, understand that this is a person's testimony. 
When Paul says that I will labor with you until Christ is formed in you, he's saying that because somebody did it for him. He's saying that because he left from being a Jew. He left from being a Pharisee, came into the household of faith, and now all of a sudden he needs to be taught. He needs to be raised. He came in as a nepios, as an infant in a spirit. He came in confused because his parents didn't raise him in church. They raised him to be a Pharisee. And that's the hardest thing to do is get something out of you that your family put in you. Especially if it's common <laughs> amongst the culture. It's extremely difficult. The hardest thing for me to do was to leave hip hop alone. It was, I'm just being honest with you. In 2003, when I gave my life back, back to the Father, the first thing I did was I cut all hip hop off. The reason why? Because I understood that if I, I can't put that in my ear and God. I can't give my ears to both, okay? I can't have Jay-Z in this ear and Jesus in this ear, okay? You can't do it, okay? It, it'll make you bipolar. All right, and so from 2003 to 2007, I didn't hear nothing. I didn't know who was making music. I didn't hear nothing. I cut it all the way off. Why? Because I wanted to be filled with him. And this is Paul's situation. Paul has to now be cut off because watch this. He has to go from Saul to Paul. Now, Saul meant the desired one. Everybody loved Paul. Saul, I mean. Everybody loved Saul. Saul was an academic. Saul was an athlete. He was a rabbi. He was a Jew of Jews. He was a priest, okay? He had rank amongst the Pharisees. And now he has to become Paul, and Paul means the little one. <laughs> he had to go from being the one that everybody saw and everybody loved to the one, nobody want to hear what you're talking about, shut up. <laughs> he, had to go, he had to go from being popular, from having his Instagram page always get likes and hearts, to now he's talking about Jesus and about the kingdom of God and he can't get a like. And he ain't used to this. He's not used to this. This has Saul feeling some type of way. Because I don't care what nobody say, when Jesus' brothers didn't believe in him, he felt that. When his whole hometown didn't believe in him, he felt that. When his father gave him a, 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 an assignment and he went to do it and everybody who thought that they were with Moses opposed him. He's coming to fulfill something and they want to hold on to it. He's saying, repent, and the, and the Pharisees are telling people, don't listen to him. The Sadducees arguing with him, ain't no resurrection. There's an issue here. So Paul gets baptized, and Saul spends the next 15 years becoming Paul. He spends the next 15 years becoming Paul. When you get time, do the research. Look through the timeline so you can see when did he write this? The epistle that he, the, the first epistle that Paul wrote was the epistle to Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, second Thessalonians. Now, we would think that was the last if we read in scriptures because that was the last epistle presented in the scriptures. The first was Romans and that was one of the last ones he wrote. Now, the scriptures that we're finna come from is in the book of Philippians, and this epistle came 28 years after Paul got saved, after he was converted. Amen? Now, y'all know, look, this word is about you maturing. Suffering to reign is about you maturing because the predestined purpose that he has on your life, it's there waiting. It's there waiting. 
It's been there waiting on you. But the thing that makes us run from it all the time is trials and tribulations. And we think that the Father does not want us to suffer, but no. Okay, look, if you have a ministry, let's just say you have an international ministry. If you can't suffer locally, if you can't suffer locally, there's no international ministry. I love y'all too. Okay. But I want you to see Paul's mindset, because this is 28 years. I told you, when I was over in Nigeria, and I'm looking at this beautiful property, and I'm looking at all this land, and I asked one of the brothers, I said, because we was at his 40th year anniversary, and I asked him, I said, how old is this building? Because I need to do the math. Okay? Now, he didn't say it was 40 years old. We at the 40th anniversary. He didn't say it was 40 years old. He said it was 12 years old. So we're at the 40th anniversary, it took 28 years to get there. You better be patient with yourself. You're not gonna get there overnight. This is 28 years later that he's writing this stuff to Philippians when he told them, have, it, have in you the mind of Christ. <laughs> that wasn't six months after his conversion. Philippians chapter three, verse three, it says, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. That'll preach by itself. Verse 4, it says, though I also might have confidence in flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. So Paul is expressing right here to them is that, look, if anybody can have confidence in their flesh, it's me. Because Saul was a desired one. Saul had credentials. Saul had degrees, more degrees than a thermometer, okay? Saul was an athlete, like I told you, Saul was a chosen vessel. Saul had power in the community. He was well known. So he's telling them like if anybody can boast and brag on their flesh, it's me. In verse five he says, he said I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee. And Pharisees were strict keepers of the law. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Verse 7, and here we go. This is for us. He says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. So he said, in order for me to come Paul and leave Saul, I had to forget about my credentials. I had to forget about the fact that I was a scholar. I had to humble myself and become a child as if I know not know anything. In the Beatitudes, it's a reason why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom belongs to them. It's a reason why Jesus said, thank you, Father, that you have hidden your word from the intellectuals and the people who are wise in the world and you have revealed it to babies. This is his testimony. He said, but what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. The things that the world might embellish and think that are, are, uh, uh, are great items, he said, those things, I don't want them. I shun them for this purpose so I can have Christ. This is his testimony. This is after 28 years in the faith, he's telling you, this is my mindset. The same Paul who said, watch this, I'm a bond servant. The same Paul that said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. The same Paul who was writing letters in jail. Boy, you go to jail, you're going to forget about the church. You're going to be looking for bail money. I could be wrong. Verse 8. He says, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of 
of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom, watch this, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish. Some translations say dung. You know what that is, right? Manure. He said, all my accolades are trash. <laughs> he said, that I may gain Christ, verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. I'm going to go through this again, okay? Verse 8, it says, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of some things. Mm. Okay. And counted them as gold. Rubbish. This is a mindset. Watch this. Oh, I got. Mm. That I may gain Christ. So he said, I'm going to lose this stuff so that I can get, so that I can receive. This is why Jesus said, look, this stuff all correlates. It all lines up. Jesus said, if you want to gain your life, you got to lose it. This is Paul telling you, I've done that. And because I've done that, he can use me to write three-fourths of the New Testament. He didn't use none of them boys. He didn't, he, you would think he would use the ones that walked with him. You would think he would use Matthew or Peter. He says, and be, verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. So in my mind, my heart, look, it ain't about what I do right. You're not a super Christian because you don't go to the club. You're not a super Christian because you don't smoke cigarettes. You're not a super Christian because of what you don't do. That's your righteousness. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't hang with nobody. All I do is read my Bible. No, you become, it's, it's, what have you become? Where's the love? Where's the peace? Where's the patience? Where's the joy? Watch this. Where's the obedience? Where's the sacrifice? This is what he's talking about. He said, I lost everything that I wanted to do, what I thought was right, just so I can have my predestined purpose and do what I was called to do. Suffer in order to reign. We want to reign, and then when he let us reign, we might suffer. Put me on a pedestal, give me the notoriety, give me the influence, the affluence, and then I might suffer for you. Grow my bank account, and I might suffer for you. Let me operate in the gifts of healing. Let me raise somebody from the dead and I might suffer for you. No. He said, I'm going to let you do that stuff, but first, I'm going to make sure that you're on the right side. I'm going to make sure that you are for me and not against me. I'm going to make sure that you don't just want my power, but you don't want my rebuke. I'm going to make sure you don't want the money. You don't just want the money, you want to serve. Because we want to be great, right? Ain't nothing wrong with that. The Bible says that we are great. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But at the same time, Jesus said, in order to be great, you have to be the servant of all. In order to be great, you have to serve everybody. You have to follow Jesus' example. Jesus told his disciples, let me wash, let me wash your feet. Peter said, uh-uh, look, you the son of God. I done seen you raise people from the dead. I done seen you heal people. I done seen you open the eyes of the blind. You're not finna wash my feet. He said, well, if I can't wash your feet, you have no part with me. He said, well, you know what? Give me a bath. <laughs> okay? Because that's how it works. The leader, leadership washes the feet of people. Okay? That's how it works. 
And he wants to know, can you wash the feet of the people? Can you serve the people or are you here to be served? Do you think that your gift deserves for everybody to flock to you and pour into you or are you just obsessed with doing the will? And you can be like Jeremiah that even if nobody ever responds to you, you still stay in his will. You can be like Noah and would you done built this big boat and only eight people come. Can you be satisfied there? Or is it the crowd that you need? And the crowd proves that you're called. Well, if that's the case, then the government was against Jesus. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes was against Jesus. His own brothers didn't believe in him. His hometown didn't believe in him. Does that mean that he's not called? Still died on the cross. Y'all digesting. Eat it. Because it's going to happen. Everything you want will come through obedience. That's why he said, although Jesus was a son, he had to learn obedience. People will come against him, stay on course. It don't matter. Nobody care how bad your day was, pray. Nobody care how bad your day was, open the word. If it's that bad, listen to it. It don't matter how you feel, you got an assignment. <laughs> it don't matter. It now... It's cool, but you're going to get an assignment where you can't take a day off. It don't matter your big toe hurt. You still got to do it. Verse 9, he says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, it says, that I may know him. So he's saying he's willing to give up everything that I may know him. Say, know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. So he said he's going to give up everything, Renee, so he can know him. Not so he can know he exists, <laughs> so he can know him, so he can be intimate with him. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death. Verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Here we go. Verse 12, it says, not that I have already attained or am perfect. He's saying, look, I've been doing this for 28 years and I ain't got it yet. I'm still growing. I have not arrived. 28 years. Visions from Jesus got called up to heaven and this is his testimony. I have not arrived. I am not perfect. He said, but one thing I do is forget. Hmm. Forgetting those things which are behind the past, say the past, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14. What those first three words say? I press towards. I press towards. Now, if there's no adversary, if there's no obstacle, if there's no hindrance, there's no need to press. If everything is perfect in your life and you can just go on about it, you got all you need, then there's no need to press. Press comes when there's resistance. Press comes when I don't feel like it. Press comes when I disagree with it. Okay, press comes when he needs to get the glory out of it because we talked about the wine press. 
He wants to get the glory out of your life. But the only way that he can get the glory out of your life is he has to press you. And the glory of your life is the juice that comes out. We talked about the wine press and the wine vats and the jars. And so you have the wine press where it's being squeezed out of you. Then you have, as it's being squeezed out of you, the vats are filling up. The father's interested in the vats filling up in your life so he can use you. But we don't like to be pressed. We don't like to be pressed. We don't like to see an obstacle, see a hindrance, and go forward. We always have a reason why we should quit, stop, not today. It's always a reason, is it not? So he said, Paul said, after 28 years, he said, I pressed towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Verse 15. Y'all read that for me. Stop. Let you digest that. All right. Everything I just read was for a reason. <laughs> he said, therefore, let us. He didn't say me. He said, let, therefore, let us. Watch this. As many as are. Okay, so he may have been in a room full of people and everybody wasn't agreeing. <laughs> he said, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, Abba will reveal even this to you. So Paul was telling the Philippians, Q, I know when you're hearing the Spirit. <laughs> he was telling them, I know when you're hearing the Spirit, and I know when you don't. Because when you're hearing the Spirit, you count it all loss. When you hear in the spirit, you want the resurrection power. You don't mind the fellowship of suffering. The Bible said that Moses could have been up there with Pharaoh chilling in the lamp of luxury. They said he'd rather be suffering with the children of God, with the children of Israel. He had options. And he chose to suffer. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. What mind is he talking about? A mind of pressing towards the goal of the prize of the upward call. A mind of wanting to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. A, a, a mind where you suffer uh, the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that you may gain Christ. This is the mature mind. Second Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 10. This is Paul talking again. He said, so I take pleasures in weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when you think you can't do it, that's when you should go. When you think you can do it, sit your butt down. When you think you got it, sit down somewhere. When you don't think you can do it, that's when you need to go because you know that it ain't your, it's not going to be your strength. It's not going to be your power. It's going to be him. Now, this is, the, this is Paul's testimony, a mature 
The one who, who has given us what a mature mind looks like. Now, this scripture, if we do it in context, it came from when he was talking about he had a thorn in his side. He says he has this thorn in his side, Shombi, and he said that the thorn wasn't because of sin. It wasn't because of sin. It wasn't because of anything that he did wrong. It had nothing to do with tithes and offering, church attendance. It had nothing to do with that. It was because he was given a revelation. Because the weight and glory that was on his life to reveal the spirit realm to people, to open the doors for the Gentiles, the father gave him a thorn in his side. He said it was a messenger for Satan to keep him in check, to let him know, you can't do this without me. And this is the mindset he took. He said, so I'm going to take pleasure in my weaknesses. I'm not going to hide them. I'm not going to make everybody think I'm perfect. And I ain't got nothing going on in my life where I'm wrong. And I ain't off in nowhere area of my life. And I can teach, preach, pray, prophesy. I'm the anointed one. He said, I take pleasure in my weaknesses. He said, I take pleasure in insults. What'd you say? <laughs> Say it again, huh? What'd you say? I take pleasure in insults. Say what you got to say. I take pleasure in that because I know I'm on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He said, I take pleasure. Who takes pleasure in insults? You have people who take pleasure in them, then you have people who take offense. Who you think you is rebuking me? You don't tell me I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I do what I want to do. You don't pay my bills. I don't. He do. <laughs> he said hardships. So he ain't stressed about not having persecutions. And, and look, he just ended saying, and in difficulties. Let's just, anything that's going on in my life that's difficult. I take pleasure in that. I'm not running. <laughs> Give it to me. I want it. Father, I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to show you, Abba, I can stand and do this. All because he, he had a thorn in his side. Because he was given a revelation. I don't know what the thorn was. Some say it was his sight. He was half blind. Some say it was his height. He was real short. Some say that he was bald-headed and couldn't grow. I mean, I've heard a lot of things about it. Maybe it was a PTSD from getting stoned. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the fact that, that now that he's Paul, he having to deal with a lot of Saul's. The worst thing is to deal with yourself. You ever dealt with you? Oh, I, I, look, my advice to anybody who has ministry is this. Look, do it with all your heart because if you don't, when you get a ministry, you're going to be teaching you. You're going to be dealing with you. Not just in business, not just in ministry, in business. If you're a terrible employee, when you get employers, you always late to the job, and then you like you your employee walk, employee walking there. Why are you late? <laughs> if he knew, he would say, "Because the Lord told me that you were always late, <laughs> and I have permission from thus said the Lord." <laughs> you always have something to say to the boss, something about the boss, and then you get a business, and it, <laughs> now your feelings hurt. I'm sorry. Maybe it was, watch this, maybe it was Paul's speech issues. They talked to him, they said he wasn't an apostle because he didn't speak well. He had thorns. Amen? Now, 
This is the same Paul that in 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, he said that we're troubled on every side, but not distressed. Perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. This is the mature mind of Paul telling us you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. Say, I'm going to suffer. Oh, say you blessed. <laughs> she said again, I'm going to suffer. Because <laughs> we want to be so, we want to be blessed. We want all. Mm. He said you're troubled on every side, but you're not dis distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but you are not forsaken. You're being cast down, but you are not destroyed. And it is hard to deal with that. But this is Paul speaking. But Paul is speaking from what? Say experience. Paul and Silas go to jail. Y'all remember that? My Bible readers? The Bible said that they were shackled, wrists and feet. And then around the midnight hour, they started singing. They started a praise and worship service while they were shackled. They wasn't cussing out the guards. Oh, this some BS. I ain't do it. I'm in here for no reason. Call my lawyer. Y'all know, come on now. Where my call at? Where my phone call at? Instead, he started singing and praising and thanking him. And because they did that, the Bible said that an earthquake happened and the chains came off. Now you don't experience that complaining. <laughs> you don't see his glory complaining about everything. You see his glory when in the face of adversaries, in the face of conflict, you stand on the fact that you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will prosper. But the issue is it becomes a saying out your mouth and it ain't really where your heart at because as soon as the weapon formed, you out of here. You duck and run and hide. Why? Because you really don't think that it's not gonna form, that it's not gonna prosper. All right, this is my last set of scriptures. We're closing. Getting better. That's not the time to clap. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? All right, we finna close, we finna get up out of here. But we need to see what the mind of Christ look like. Amen? Because Paul said, let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. He said, let the mind that is in Christ Jesus be also in you. He said that Christ had a mindset where he had no reputation. They gave him a reputation. They called him rabbi. They called him teacher. They called him everything. He had no reputation. He didn't call himself a healer. He didn't call himself prophet, priest, apostle, pastor. He didn't call himself nothing. He carried all five offices. Verse 23, it says, well, let me give you a backdrop of this. Paul has been challenged about being an apostle. And somebody's talking noise, got, always got something to say. Ain't that how it happens? And so Paul goes on a rant, all right? And he says, uh, in regards to the people running their mouth, he says, are they ministers of Christ? That was the first thing he needed to know. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to tell you all. When people start running their mouth, the first thing you need to do is ask what you're doing for the kingdom. When people come talking to me, talking about some, I had somebody come to me and tell me, uh, you ain't no apostle, ain't no other apostles. I said, what God called you to be? They said an evangelist. I said, he ain't talking to you. He talked to apostles about apostles. <laughs> 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 he, 
He ain't talking to you about that. He's talking to you about what you're called on, right? He talked to prophets about prophetic stuff, right? He don't talk to prophets and, and say, uh, they ain't a pastor. <laughs> he says, are they ministers of Christ? Now, a minister of Christ means this. Are they a servant of the king? Are they one who advances one's interests above their own? Are they one who promotes the welfare and prosperity of the church? Are they uh, those who carry out the administration of God on earth? I told y'all before, the, the uh, teaching pillars of this ministry is relationship, uh, kingdom, and then church. The reason why is because until you get the relationship, you can't have the kingdom. Because the kingdom was given by the Father. So until you get engrafted and learn and understand the stages of sonship and who you are and where you align in that, you can't have the kingdom. You can say you kingdom-minded all you want to because you got a new car. But the church is extracted from the kingdom. It's the ones from Abba household who are digging in, who are in their word, who want to learn and, and want to be used. So how it works is you come into the family, we come into the family, but when we get into the family, everybody don't want to be used. The church is those who are impacting. That's why Jesus said, you are light, you are salt, you are ambassadors, you are the righteousness of God, you are a royal priesthood, you are a chosen generation, you are a special people, you are a holy nation. Those who walk in that and carry that out, that's the church. So he needed to know, are they ministers of Christ? Or are they just talking? Are they willing to suffer for him? He said, I speak as a fool. He says, I am more. And watch this, he starts to rent. In labor's more abundant. Who gonna brag about that? I labor for Christ way more than you. Who gonna brag about that? You don't hear them. You don't hear them brag. <laughs> he says, in labor's more abundant. In stripes above measure. He's talking about beatings. In prison, more frequent. In deaths, often. Who brags about this stuff? This is the mind of Christ. This is a life that reveals the glory. Don't leave now. Don't check out. I'm about to close in a second. Here we go. Verse 24, he says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Mind of Christ. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A, a night and a day, I have been in the deep. So he said he'd been stranded in the water just holding on to a piece of wood. That make you think you're not called, right? Surely this ain't the mission of the Lord. Surely he wouldn't allow me to do, go through this. Beaten five times? Five times he took 39... Three times he was beaten with a rod. Once he was stoned. Three times shipwrecked at a night, at a night and day in the deep. Verse 26, in journeys often. So that means I wasn't just at the house. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I wasn't just sitting at the crib watching TV. I had an assignment. He said in journeys often. In perils of water. Perils mean what? Dangers. Dangers, okay? In perils of water. In perils of robbers. Now, he didn't say thieves. <laughs> thieves are different than robbers. Thieves steal while you're not looking. <laughs> robbers, you see it coming. <laughs> Break yourself. <laughs> He's going to preach the gospel, and he got to deal with this foolishness. Surely the, the goodness, and what happened to the goodness and the mercy that followed him all the days of his life? Uh-oh. 
in perils of my own countrymen, my people, <laughs> from my neighborhood, the people I know, in danger from them, in, in perils of Gentiles, unbelievers, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. People he thought was for him and they really wasn't. It's okay for you to go through that. It's okay for somebody to be in your corner and you find out they not. You in scripture. It's okay for people to talk about your back, to talk, talk behind your back. It's okay. You in the scriptures. Just keep moving. Suffer. Suffer. Because when you reign, they're going to be looking stupid. <laughs> you let them talk and let him exalt you. He said, humble yourself and I will exalt you. Sometimes humility comes by you just let them say what they got to say. What does it matter? Does it change anything? When they get done talking, are you still called? Are you still Abba's child? Do you still have favor? Are you still blessed? Do you still have your peace, your joy? Are you still called? Do you still have a predestined purpose? Well, why are you fretting? Why are you stopping? Why are you arguing with everybody? Why you got to prove to everybody that you... Because you don't want to suffer. You want to be right. You don't want to suffer. <laughs> you want to be liked. I don't care about people liking me. You can't stop the call. When I open my mouth, he come out. <laughs> it don't matter. Follow me, you'll see. You can spot you, it don't matter. You should not care. Let me read this again. Because I, I don't want you to think you safe. <laughs> he said in journeys often in perils of water in perils of robbers in my own countrymen the Gentiles in the city in the wilderness in the sea with false brethren in verse watch this verse 27 he says in weariness and in toils in sleeplessness often in hunger and thirst and then he said, in fastings often. So the hunger and the thirst one from fasting. He just didn't have nothing. And he still called. He said, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, which means I ain't always had a proper attire, still did it. I'm gonna kill your excuses for why you can't and why you still won't and why you got your hand out and why it's yes or amen. Okay, the amen is because I can't say yes. All the answers of the Lord are yes and amen, but you get to amen sometimes because you ain't ready to take that. You don't want to suffer. You want a ministry, you want a ministry, you want a big church, but... I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I hear y'all. I want a big church too. But more important, I want the laborers that's going to help. I want the tithes and the offering that's going to keep the lights, okay? I don't want to have to get a big church in a second job. <laughs> well, let me say this. I wouldn't do that. Okay, so if he ain't going to finance it, close it. He said, in fastings often, in cold nakedness, cold and nakedness, he said, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily? I don't know, you know, if he had to take care of some property. I don't know. He said, besides all this other stuff, I still got other stuff to do. He got to get the oil changed on the car. <laughs> got to spend time with the wife and kids. Amen? But this is what got me right here. He says, my deep concern for all the churches. Because generally when you go through all that, you think you should have a little leverage to forget about the church. You would think after you go through all that, you can take a break on your assignment. No, the suffering is, look, you're going to go through all this stuff, but seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. 
You're going to go through all this. But the, seek ye first the kingdom. Just because you're going through stuff don't mean that the kingdom don't still need you on assignment. We want to be called to do everything but suffer. Hmm. So this is what we got to do. We're going to have to retune our ears to how we say we hear in the spirit. We got to retune our ears because we thought that anytime we go through something, that wasn't God. We thought that anytime somebody would come up against us, that God surely wouldn't allow that. Touch not my anointing, do my prophet no harm. That's the Old Testament scriptures. <laughs> In the New Testament, he said, try them before you appoint them. Test their heart. Test their work ethic. See how much they care about Abba's work. Then you appoint them. You don't appoint them because they got gifts, talents, abilities. That ain't why you appoint them. You appoint them because their heart towards the work. We got to refocus our minds to say, because we think we have the mind of Christ because we pray. <laughs> we got to get on his frequency. We got to refocus our sight to see how the kingdom really works if we going to reign. Amen. Because after we look at Jesus' life, after we look at Peter's life, Peter went to jail for teaching. Got out of jail because the angel let him out. Went back to start teaching and got beat. After he got beat, he left and rejoiced, lifting his hand, saying, I thank my heavenly father that I was able to suffer for his name. Hmm. Now, we didn't even talk about Paul getting bit by a snake. <laughs> We're not even talking about that. He gets a vision from the Holy Spirit to tell him that, look, everybody's going to make it. This ship is going to make it to where it's going. We're not going to lose nobody, but we will lose the ship. All of this happens just like he said it. Now, he got, now the angel didn't tell him he about to get bit by a snake. He told him that he was going, the ship would make it, y'all going to make it to the island, but he didn't tell him that after he make it to the island, he would be sitting there soaking wet in his clothing. Now he's around the fire trying to warm himself and get bit by a snake. Scripture said he shook it off. He shook it off. Manusha, he shook off a, a viper. The people sat there waiting on him to die. And they said, while this was transpiring, they said, surely this is payback for him killing Christians 50 years ago. They didn't forget. They said, surely this is payback for him killing all them Christians. They said, after a while, he shook it off and they seen that he didn't die. Say he must be a God. That must be one of our children. Because somebody said something about them and they shook it off. Somebody was very critical and they just shook it off. We, we, you ain't been bit by no snake. We're just talking about the criticisms. We're just talking about some the little things that's happened. Shake, can we shake that off before we try to graduate the snakes? <laughs> and I understand now why he chose him to write the epistles. He couldn't take none of Jesus' boys with him. He had to rebuke Peter. How you being a Jew, Peter, going to act like Gentiles and expect Gentiles to act like Jews? How you come in there and correct the guy who's been running with Jesus? This is the same Paul 
that says whatever situation I find myself in, I'm content. This is the same Paul that said the life that he lives, he lives with faith in the Son of God. This is the same Paul that says I'm a prisoner of Christ. I'm a bond servant. This is the same Paul that says I was the chiefest among sinners. This is the same Paul that says you are more than a conqueror. How do you become more than a conqueror? It's when you conquer stuff and then you bring other people in. This is the same Paul that said, I pray in tongues more than all of them. Why he had to pray in tongues? He had to keep himself built up. And that's the issue a lot of times. You not building yourself up to endure so every time something happens, you ain't strong enough to hold on. You gonna suffer if you're going to reign. He said, if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. You need the mind of Christ. You need a mind that while you're going through stuff, you see things like Jesus did. You see it like Peter did. You see it like Paul did. Amen? Let us pray. Pray in tongues. Let's pray in tongues. Let's pray in tongues while I pray. And what we're going to do on this morning, we're going we gonna to thank him for his word. Amen. We're going to thank him for his word. We're going to thank him.